145 clubs that have participated in the English Football League, 19 of them included the word United, 18 had either the word town or city, 5 had the word county and 4 had the word wanderers, but there's only ever been one Ionopolis and they only lasted the one season. This is the story of Middlesbrough Ionopolis Football Club. Hi, my name's Stuart John and welcome to Tales from the Football League. Today we're talking about the second of the Football League's one-season wonders. It's Middlesbrough Ionopolis Football Club. Now the Nops, as they were known, were the first club from Middlesbrough to participate in the Football League. They uh, started a number of seasons ahead of Middlesbrough Football Club, the club that most people would know from Middlesbrough today. And the reason for that was that the people in charge of Middlesbrough Football Club had decided that their club was going to stay amateur for as long as possible. The founders of Ionopolis went off, decided to form a professional football club and took that fantastic Ionopolis name from the heavy industry that uh, produced, uh, that drove a lot of the Middlesbrough economy back in the 1890s. Now, in 1890 the Knops joined the Northern League and in three seasons playing in the Northern League, they finished first, first and first for a hat-trick of titles. In 1892-93, they also made it through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup where they lost to early Football League heavyweights Preston North End. So a very strong history for Ionopolis. And while they applied to join the Football League in 1893-94, they were initially knocked back before being allowed in once uh, Football League founders Accrington FC had resigned after they'd had five increasingly unsuccessful seasons. So we now have this club that's very strong in the Northern League. They've done what they can there. They've made the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Is this a club up on the rise? On the 2nd of September, 1893, 1,500 people crammed into the Paradise Ground in Middlesbrough to watch Ionopolis play their first ever game in the Football League. They were up against fellow newcomers Liverpool with uh, Liverpool running out 2-0 winners in a season where they would actually be undefeated divisional champions. The first 11-4 Ionopolis in their very first game was Nixon, Miller, Upton, Garbutt, McNair, McKay, Allport, Deacon, Mooney, Beckton and Hunter. A week later, they travelled down to Manchester to play Ardwick Football Club, now better known as Manchester City. 4,000 people crammed into Hyde Road to watch uh, the locals run out 6-1 winners, although Ionopolis were at a disadvantage, only playing with 10 men because one person was unavailable. They then travelled to Port Vale for another away game. This one, another very heavy loss, 4-0 to Burslem Port Vale, as they were known then. Uh, with Roger Ords stepping in for his first game in the goals before finally they were able to travel back to Middlesbrough and to play a home game. This time it was the second match against Ardwick and it was the first ever win for Middlesbrough Ionopolis in the Football League. 2-0 winners uh, over Ardwick FC with Allport and Adams scoring the winning goals. But there was a sign of things to come. Only 800 people came along to watch that win against Ardwick which meant there weren't many gate receipts that they were receiving. Then came a run of away games. 
away to Crew Alexandra, a 5-0 loss, away to Liverpool at Anfield, a 6-0 loss, and away to Walsall Town Swifts for a 1-0 loss. After those uh, three away games, Middlesbrough Ionopolis were sitting very bottom of the Football League, 15th out of 15. They only had the one win. The home record wasn't horrendous. One win, one loss, 2-4, two, two against. The away record, though, left a little bit to be desired. Zero wins, zero draws, one goal for, and 22 goals against. In a division where home wins were so important to try and lift themselves up, they desperately needed a run of home games, and they started to get it. First of all, there was a home game against Burton Swifts. 1,200 people came to watch uh, the Knops win two goals to one with Grewer and Hunt getting the goals for Ionopolis. They then travelled down to Notts County for an away game at Trent Bridge. 5,000 people watching Notts County win 3-0. A home game against Grimsby Town didn't do them much good either with a 6-2 loss to Grimsby Town uh, in Middlesbrough. Mooney and Hunt getting the goals there before that start of a good run through. On the 25th of November 1893, Middlesbrough Ionopolis played Small Heath, better known as Birmingham City. Only 200 people went to that game, uh, for a th- but those that did were treated to a 3-0 win for the Knops. Hunter with two goals and Mooney with one, getting the three goals, giving them the two points for the win as it was back then and pushing them back up the table into 13th. There was another win a couple of weeks later against Rotherham Town. A thousand people coming along to watch an, ex- an amazing 6-1 win for Ionopolis. Hunt with the first hat-trick for Ionopolis in the Football League. Wallace, Hunter and Adams scoring the other three goals. Interestingly, the goalkeeper for Rotherham Town was Arthur Wharton, who we spoke about last week uh, playing for Bootle, being the first black professional footballer. He'd moved on playing for Rotherham Town, and he was playing in this game on the 9th of December. On the 16th of December, uh, there was a home game against Notts County, which finished at a nil-all draw, 2,000 people coming along to that. And then came a run of fixtures that just absolutely beggars belief today. On the 23rd of December, two days before Christmas, there was an away game uh, in Birmingham against Small Heath, It was a 1-2 loss, but still a a good loss to have, I guess. It was a closer loss than some of the other ones that they would have. Just two days later, they were back in Middlesbrough and they were playing local rivals, Newcastle United. Again, a fellow newcomer in the Football League. This first northeastern derby finished uh, a one-all draw. 2,000 people packing out the Paradise Ground for the Christmas Day uh, fixture. Then... They've just played Newcastle United. They've had two games in two days. So what do they do? They have to travel straight away down to Lincoln and play on Boxing Day, the very next day. These days, it takes about four hours taking the train from Middlesbrough down to Lincoln. You have to imagine back in 1893 that it was going to take a little bit longer again. But playing those multiple games in multiple days didn't seem to hurt because Ionopolis won their first ever away fixture, three goals to two against Lincoln City at John O'Gortz. 4,000 people crammed out the Lincoln Stadium uh, only to see Ionopolis come away with the win. So we've had three games in three in about four days. Then on the 30th of December, 
They were back at home playing the Walsall Town Swifts, a one-all draw there with 2,000 people attending. Two days later, 1st of January, 1894, New Year's Day, they're playing at home again against Burslem Port Vale. This one was a 3-1 win with Wallace Coulthard and Adams scoring the goals for uh, Ionopolis. Then the very next day, it's Back on the roads, they've had to head straight up to Newcastle to play the away fixture at St James's Park. And this time, the back-to-back games didn't quite work out as well as what they'd hoped. In the first uh, Northeastern derby at St James's Park, 3,000 people came to watch Newcastle come away with a 7-2 win. Coulthard and Knowles scored the goals for Ionopolis, but it did mean that they were back in ninth place. Then on the 6th of January, 1894, to bring this whole mess of fixtures to an end, a home game against Crew Alexandra, 2,000 people coming along for a 2-0 win to Ionopolis, Coulthard and Adams with the goals, and that moved Ionopolis up to their highest place in the division, uh, sitting in 7th at the end of the 6th of January. But a very crowded uh, few we- a couple of weeks there with seven games from the 23rd of December through to the 6th of January. A week later, when they finally had the chance to go in, catch their breath, it was a home game against Lincoln City, a nil-all draw, 1,500 people coming to see that. On the 27th of January, so a bit of a break, chance to refresh, recuperate. In the first round of the FA Cup, they were up against non-league Luton Town. They won that game 2-1 to go through to the next round. On the 3rd of January, there was an away game against Grimsby Town at Abbey Park where they lost 2-0 to drop down to 9th. And then on the 10th of February, 1894, there was an away game at Nottingham Forest. 6,000 people watching Nottingham Forest win 2-0 to send Ionopolis out of the football, out of the FA Cup in the second round. Now, it was around this time that uh, there was some very bad news for Middlesbrough Ionopolis Football Club. They were told at the time that they were going to be losing their home ground, the Paradise Ground home ground at the end of the season. The whole club was due to be liquidated and it meant that uh, the crowd numbers, which were already very low, already causing problems with the lack of gate receipts, meaning that they didn't have enough money to be able to pay the rent on the Paradise Ground, to be able to pay the players, to be able to pay for transport. So from February 1894 onwards, the Knops were basically dead men walking. On the 24th of February 1894, in what would have been the first game at home since the announcement that Paradise Ground was going to be sold, that the club was going to be liquidated, only 500 people came to watch them play London club Woolwich Arsenal uh, for a 3-6 loss there. Cooper with two goals, Mooney with one, dropping the knops back down to 10th place. There was a final home game on the 3rd of March 1894 against Norwich Victoria. Uh, Again, only 500 people coming along to watch that. A 2-1 win for the Knops, keeping them in 10th place. Hunter and Adams scoring the two goals in what would be their final home win, their final win of any description. On the 10th of March, they had to travel down to London to play Woolwich Arsenal at their Manor Ground uh, Stadium. 5,000 people watching a 1-0 win for Arsenal. There was a 7-0 loss away to the Burton Swifts a 1-2 loss away to Norwich Victoria. And then in the final game for Middlesbrough Ionopolis in the Football League, away to Rotherham Town at Clifton Grove, it was a 4-1 loss. Callaghan scoring the last goal for Middlesbrough Ionopolis. 
of the players that uh, were in the Middlesbrough Ionopolis team, uh, the top scorers for the season were Walter Adams and Thomas Hunter. They both scored six goals each. They didn't play any other football league games once Middlesbrough Ionopolis folded. Roger Ord, the goalkeeper for uh, a number of those games, ended up playing three seasons down in Arsenal. The second highest goal scorer was Fergus Hunt. He scored five goals uh, in, a, I think, about 11 games or so. And he actually did kick on. He went to Darwin for a couple of seasons, uh, ended up at Woolwich Arsenal for four seasons, as well as Burton United for another two seasons. So uh, getting up around 200-odd games for Fergus Hunt. But that was that for Middlesbrough Ionopolis. The club was in debt. The ground was being sold. Everything was being liquidated. So that was the story of Middlesbrough Ionopolis in the Football League. And in many ways, it's a shame that the club weren't able to uh, continue on past that one season that they had. Playing in a very fetching red jersey with a white sash, they still managed, despite the low attendance figures, to finish 11th out of 15th and avoid, uh, they would have avoided having to go for re-election at the end of that season. They finished ahead of Crew Alexandra, Ardwick, which, as we mentioned, is now Manchester City, Rotherham Town and Norwich Victoria. And it's the biggest reason it's a shame, not just because the name Ionopolis was such a great name, but also, too, because... Well, back in the 2000s, you had it where uh, they'd talk about some of the peculiarities and some of the challenges that you face with English football and talk about it being a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. And imagine then, had Ionopolis been able to kick on, had they been able to survive that first season, get the crowds in, uh, afford to be able to pay their players and to travel to all the different places in the second division. And then fast forwards when they're talking about Lionel Messi coming to uh, England for a Champions League game or a European match and going, well, Messi's fantastic at the no camp, but how would he go on a cold Tuesday night in Ionopolis? This has been Tales from the Football League. Don't forget to like or subscribe if you did enjoy it. Don't forget also to drop us a line and let us know any feedback that you might have.